Welcome to the 222 Paranormal Podcast with your host, Jen and Joe. Hello, everybody. What is going on? I missed all of your faces. I just missed you guys. Yeah. I miss your ears. Miss your ears? (laughs) Are you stuck in their ears? I am. My gravelly voice today. (laughs) Oh, me too. I was going to mention that my voice is like dry, like my throat hurts for some reason. I don't know. I think it's the allergies, you know, all that cottonwoods flying right now in Ohio. And it's just like I wake up and I'm just like, oh, stuffy. And yeah. the throat is dry. Eyes dried shut. Like well, <laughs> the eyes open. I've been sleeping with the fan on. And I normally like during the winter. Winter, I don't. Yeah. But in the summer, I just like to. And I was like. You know, I, I was like, is this shooing all the ghosts away because they have the fan going all night? <laughs> so, <laughs> as you don't know, listener, today's Friday. And me and my infinite wisdom, we usually record on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. So all day yesterday, I thought it was Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and... We have this thing at work where we wear red shirts on Wednesday to honor somebody. Plus, it's, you know, union type. I don't know. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I actually went to the laundromat so I could actually wear the red shirt. So, I'm like, hey, I'm going to put on my red shirt for Wednesday. <laughs> I go to work and I got my red shirt on. And one of the workers says, hey, at least we only got one more day of to go. And I'm like, he thinks it's Thursday. I mean, come on. <laughs> and I go and I look at my phone. It says Thursday. I'm like, oh my God. I I didn't even think to record on Wednesday night. I literally have no idea what day it is. Last night, Miranda, the ghost biker, calls me out of the blue and my phone rings. It says Miranda. I'm like, okay, what the heck does she want? She's supposed to get ready for her show. (laughs) And she's like, my guest canceled. Can Can you fill in? And I'm like, yeah. So... We threw a show together real quick. Awesome. I was going to talk about the mounds and all that, Mm -hmm. which I did, but we ended up talking about mirrors and stuff just like our show last week. Yeah. And it turned out to be a great show, but I was up till like midnight. Oh, so you're probably really tired (laughs) today. Oh, man. Five in the morning comes really quick. I know. I know. But if you guys get a chance, check out the show. It's up on YouTube or on Ghost Ghost Biker Explorations. Facebook page, and uh, you can see my handsome face. Oh, and I did. Joey. I colored my mustache. <laughs> because He's got a Sharpie out. No, I actually use just for men. <laughs> well, good. That's a good thing. Um, but some of you listeners know about my experience with my best friend Jackie when she passed away, and... I always just called it an after-death experience or something like that. And doing some research, I found out that there's an actual term for it called shared death experience. So I had a shared death experience with Jackie. And we actually got a couple emails from some listeners that shared their story of their shared death. But, Jim, why don't you tell the listener what a shared death experience really is? Yeah, so it's... um suggested that loved ones and caregivers of dying patients or people who are passing away um, undergo a type of end of life phenomenon. Now they're calling this shared. What is it? Phenomena. 
This is really good stress relief. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Jen Shortridge. Thank you. Thank you. Send money. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, I'll stop. I needed that stress relief. Okay. Um, so, all right, but so, anyways, what does shared death experience mean? So basically, it's where a person feels um, that they're participating in the dying process of another person. Now, mm-hmm. it may be a sudden death. It may be something that they've anticipated for a long time. Um, a lot of our emails came from hospice workers, mm-hmm. so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, many, many stories uh, out of hospice. Um, I would think that that would be one of the most because people go there to pass away and the caregivers are there to help them transfer over. And it's not so much like a hospital where I know that the, the nurses and all that care about it, but the hospice workers are there just for that purpose. They, they, right. they can focus on that instead of having to, focus on 12 patients or whatever they can focus on that one person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the physical dying, right? Mm-hmm. And not necessarily your spiritual dying or your soul dying or whatever you believe in. Um, it's the actual physical death experience. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is interesting because it sometimes happens very suddenly and sometimes it happens weeks before somebody dies, yeah. which is, you know, one of the stories, do you want me to go into the story? Sure. Okay. So one of the stories that we got, and I'm not going to mention any names or locations. Why? Um, oh, no. To protect the innocent. <laughs> I know y'all are so innocent out there, aren't you? Um, but, you know, th- the story was, there was a patient, and I'll just say it was a, uh, I'll say him. Turd Ferguson? Turd Ferguson. Okay. Now, um, so... This particular patient had, you know, in the in the end stage of life, not, you know, necessarily dying today or tomorrow. It was a, probably a few months. They had a few months to live. It was an elderly patient. And he accepted it. He knew it. But, you know, as he progressed, he kind of became in and out of it. So he would say, Charlie, Charlie's here to see me. Yeah. Charlie. And we'd be calling to this person and looking over and like smiling. And the nurse would be like, I don't see anybody, but okay. You know, just thought maybe he was dehydrated or hallucinating or, you know, some of the things that happened during the dying process that we experienced, you know, with our own dad. Um, so a nurse would just kind of like placate him and be yeah. like, yeah, you know, okay, Charlie's here and yada, yada. Well, as it got closer time, he passed, you know, this is, from her email was saying I don't know it's, I think she said like 30 to 60 days before he passed he was naming off all these people that are like coming to visit he's like so and so's here and he's doing really good over there and she's like over where and he's like oh you know on the other side she's like oh the other side of what you know just trying to mm-hmm. figure you know get to it and he's like in heaven and she's like oh okay and then he would start having like kind of like conversations and be like, this is my friend, so-and-so, nurse so-and-so, she's taking really good care of me until my time comes. And the nurse was like, you know, this is this is what I do and I get it, but it was still freaking her out. So she's like, okay, you know, like 
yeah, hi, I'm so-and-so, and, you know, I'm taking care of it. Well, one night, that's the interesting part, she comes in, and, you know, it's maybe a week before this man passes away, and, and he was kind of in and out of it a little bit, and he gets real clear, like, hey, so-and-so, I'm so glad you're my nurse, and I just want to thank you, like, I gotta go, I gotta pack my bag, because it's time for me to go, and she's like, well, you don't really have anything here, and I don't have a bag for you to pack, but he's like, no, it's my time, so my wife, you know, wife, wife, I forget what the name was, I'll just say, Evelyn is here to, to get me, and she's like, oh, okay, well, you know, okay, and she looks over, and she sees a woman standing mm -hmm. there, ghostly woman yeah. she said she was milky white like almost in shadow figure white but i mean not the color of skin white but like you know like like a hazy white. A hazy yeah. but she's like she could see her clearly and it looked exactly like the picture that was on his bedside but older you know older version of the lady and she's smiling and waving and and the lady's like I just did not know what to do. She goes, I absolutely froze. She just stood there and then like the woman waved at her and then disappeared. And the man's like, she's, she'll be back later. <laughs> <laughs> so the nurse is like, I, I probably am overworked and overtired and probably just this is my imagination, whatever. So she goes down the break room and she's trying to process it and she's like okay it's just a fluke i'm tired i've been on my feet for you know whatever 12 hours so about a couple of days before the man actually passes away she goes back in the room and she's working night shift she mentioned and i forgot to mention that earlier but and everything's really quiet you know as it is and she goes into his room and he's like sitting up and she's like okay this guy's dying <laughs> but he's sitting up and he's smiling and she's like, you know, Charlie, whatever his name is, what's going on? And he's like, it's almost time. I got to go. I got to go pack my bag. She's like, okay, where are you going to go? He's like, she's coming to get me. She's like, okay, when is she coming to get you? He's like, mm, probably by the morning. She's like, oh, okay. And she looks over and the woman's standing there again, waving. So she saw her twice? Twice. Okay. In the corner. Just like waving like, hi, how you doing? <laughs> She's like, okay, well, you know, Charlie, I'll be back and check on you in my next round or whatever. And she's like, do you need anything? He's like, nope, I got it all, I'm ready. And she's like, okay. So she goes back to the break room and she's like, you know, something just doesn't seem right. And she just didn't want to like leave him, mm -hmm. right? Because she was afraid, well, maybe he's just hallucinating and I'm just buying into it or whatever you know she just could not rationalize it so she says in her email that she goes back because she was afraid maybe he was trying to get out of bed like he was yeah, like the people fall all the time right and she's like well you know he really isn't in any condition to walk you know he's not really mobile but you know in nursing homes everybody yeah. knows that you know these patients they strange things they get like end of life like strength or whatever and be like trying to get out of bed and stuff and she goes in and he's got a shirt on she don't know where he got a shirt from and he's <laughs> smiling and he's dead he's gone <laughs> like he 
somehow got a shirt, put it on, or I don't know, maybe the what? wife dressed yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. And he was gone. And she's like, uh, wait, what? <laughs> you know, just like. I hear stories like that so, all the time from hospice workers and that. Yeah, so this isn't the strange part. So, like, she goes back and she's like, you know, goes and gets her coworker, the doctor, whatever it is, you know, to pronounce her. I don't know how they work that. Yeah. But she comes back and, like, she can see him and her walking. What? Like, their spirits or <laughs> ghosts or whatever it was. Holding hands and just walking away. Wah, uh, wah, wah, wah. I don't know about that. But who knows? That was her experience. Yeah. That was her story. Not to be rude to her, but that's, wow. <laughs> you know, it's hey, almost we've, like we've he seen, wanted her to see yeah. that he was happy and with his wife and, mm-hmm. and moving on to the, oh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the afterlife. Well, I have heard. And I kind of paraphrased her email because well, it was very, very long. So yeah. I just wanted to share that with you, but. You know, just like she was somehow part of that mm-hmm. because he was letting her know, okay, it's my time and, and I'm getting ready to A lot of people are like, go. well, when people go into the hospice, they're pretty much out of it and they don't know the people that are around them. They, you know, we don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. speculating this. But yet he knew that she cared enough so that she could actually see his death process. Yeah. And Dr. Raymond Moody talks about this too. I've watched one of his speeches today. And I watched, ah, I forget his a doctor on Heaven's, on Heaven's Door is his new book. But anyhow, but I also was listening to a podcast of him and uh, this other doctor. And he mentioned that in a hospice situation, this nurse was there. And when the patient died, she actually had the near-death experience along with the patient. She actually went out of her body. She looked down and see them too. Yep. Okay. Yeah. His name is William Peters at Heaven's Door is the name of his book. Really, I listened to his speech. It was really interesting. But he mentioned that the hospice worker actually could see her and the patient's bodies and she said she was floating above her body, and all of a sudden she saw a tunnel of light, just like you hear oh about a real near-death experience. But she wasn't the one dying. The patient died. But how would you know? Because you're experiencing that. Yeah. You know, like. And I, that's I, that a would classic near, or um, shared death, shared death experience. Mm-hmm. Now, but I hear stories like that all the time. Like the other email that we got out to talk about in a little bit was about twins. And twins experiencing mm-hmm. the feelings of the other twin. Yeah. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your experience, what happened with your best friend, Jackie? Yeah. See, I figured out that it was a shared death experience. Uh, me and Jackie met in seventh grade, and we became super friends. I mean, like psychic friends. You would know when each other was going to call each yeah. other and... Yeah, and there was one case that I can always remember was she was at Disney World and MTV came on for the first time. Mm-hmm. And don't know how, but I knew her phone number to the hotel that she was at. Maybe she called me. I don't know. But I was like, Mama, can I call Jackie? Because <laughs> even though we're, you know, 
eighth or ninth grade, I still had to ask mom, you know, right? Because we had one call. phone, yeah. right? <laughs> so I remember calling, and the number was busy, uh-huh. and I tried and tried, and I hung up the phone, and it rang, and I picked it up, and she's like, "MTV." <laughs> 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 so anyhow, a few years go by. Uh, we become adults. She gets married, all that stuff, and she ends up having a double lung transplant. So she went in and got the double lung transplant, and everything was cool. Uh, she was a little weaker, you know. What that. was that from? Like, I think that she got it when she was working in a nursing home. I think she uh, got a, some kind of disease from when she was working in a nursing home. But anyhow, so she got the double lung transplant. Years went by. I get this phone call one night, and it's her sister. I was walking out of Kroger's, and my phone rings. And I flipped my phone open. <laughs> that, that dates it right <laughs> so she tells me that jackie's in the hospital and they don't think she's going to make it and the night before i got a message from her on aol saying yeah cleveland in the morning ugh," because what they would do is once a year they would put a tube down her into her lungs put some fluid in draw the fluid out to check and make sure that there's no uh, dis- not disease, but like infections or okay. stuff like that. Yeah. So she was going for that process. Is that normal for a transplant? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they ch- check. Recipient. Okay. They check the lungs all the time and once a year. So, anyways, I get the phone call. They said, or she said that um, Jackie's in the hospital and they don't think she's gonna make it. She's on life support. So Were you just like what? I was like, all right, well, keep me informed. <laughs> And I'm like, wait a minute. Did you not, like, you're probably in shock, right? Well, yeah, plus that's kind of my my style, I guess. I'm just like, okay, well, let me know what happens, you know. So I was heading home at the time. So I went home, and I dropped my groceries off, and I went to Cleveland. I It's like, um, she's there. This is 11 o'clock at night. You know, it was after mm-hmm. I got off work. And so I got to Cleveland about two hours later and went in there and she was in the room. She had, you know, the tubes down her throat, all that. And we kind of just hung out and I'm like, well, I got to go because I got to go to work in the morning. I'm like, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know how dedicated I am. I know, yeah, right? But uh, so I go home and I go to work in the morning. And I'm driving the forklift, and my phone rings, and I'm like, I'm answering. I don't care what they say. I answer, and there, it was this Jackie sister again saying that they're gonna basically unplug her in about a half hour, and it's a two-hour drive for me to get to Cleveland. So I'm like, all right, I'm on my way. I left work, came home, I showered, because I knew I was gonna make it in time. So I come home and I showered and then I drove out to Cleveland. While driving out to Cleveland, I was a total wreck. And my friend Debbie was texting me the whole way. So here I'm a wreck. I'm texting Debbie back and forth because she's helping me, you know, talk to me and all that. And I should not have been driving. I was that in that much of a mess. So it's a two-hour drive. About a about an hour there, I got to what's called Norwalk, Ohio, which is a halfway point. And I had a feeling come over me that 
imagine an electric stove element, how hot it is, mm-hmm. and somebody waving that from your head to your toe. I have an, a line, like a, a definition line of heat go through my body and out my fingertips and out Whoa. my toes. I mean, as if someone took a hot, you know, mm-hmm. element, put it over me and just kind of waved it down to my toes. The second that happened, I felt perfectly fine. And I was, I was just like, like I am now mm-hmm. completely different, uh, just that fast. So I get to the hospital and I park and I walk up and I know she's gone by then. So yeah. I walk in, I see her husband standing there. I'm like, Oh, how's it going? And he's like, well, they disconnected her about an hour ago. And what they do is they don't actually unplug. They stop all medication and all that. Mm-hmm. And the breathing, you know, stop all the machines basically. So they said they stopped all machinery and all that about an hour ago. And they don't know how she's still alive. Wow. <laughs> the exact moment. An hour. When you had that uh, yep. heat Exact transfer. moment. Yep. So... I go in the room, you know, and they're like, you want to see her? I'm like, yeah, duh. <laughs> and uh, I go in the room, and I reach down, and I hold her hand. The second I touched her hand, the monitor started beeping. And I'm like, I thought I stepped on a hose or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And the nurse comes in and says, no, she just passed. Oh, good grief. So, I got goosebumps. <laughs> um, I hope all of our listeners have goosebumps right now. So that's, I mean, it's a longer story, but. That's basically the story is I touched her hand and she passed that second. Okay. A lot of people say she waited for me. But things happened after, too, that were just so bizarre. You know, things that let me, like communication from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the weird things is she used to play REO Speedwagon over and over and over and over. <laughs> drove me nuts. Right. And... I got in my car the next morning. Now, I drove home that night. You know, after she passed, it was about two more hours went by, maybe three. Everybody was just hanging out, and everybody just started leaving the hospital because really there's nothing you can do. We're just standing around. Right. And, you know, I mean, you don't want to leave because that's your final goodbye, but you're standing around, and it's like, yeah, okay. You know, you accepted it, and I left. And honestly, I don't remember the drive home. Yeah. It was a two-hour drive, and this was probably, what, <laughs> three, three in the morning? morning? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so Man. in the morning, I wake up, and we were all going to meet at her mom's house. So I get up, I get my car. The second I turn that radio on, that REO Speedwagon song oh. came on the radio. <laughs> on a Detroit radio station I never listened to. So it was tuned to a different station. Wow. And that song... The second I hit the start, was that? that song started. It wasn't already on. It actually started when I hit the, the key. So since then, that thing happened just like that. I go into stores and the music, that song starts. I Driving down the road, I'll turn the radio station to a different station and then that song will be on. Or I have dreams about her. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, the first dream I had of her was a couple of days after she passed. And I don't remember, the, I have it wrote down, but I don't remember the exact dream. But I looked at her, and in my caringness and that, I looked at her and said, last time, or last time I saw you, you were dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> Smooth move, I Yeah, <laughs> hey, that's the way we were. Right. But 
So I believe that now, looking back at it, that was a shared death experience because I feel that that's when they disconnected the medication and all that. That's probably what she felt. Yeah. I mean, in my mind. Yeah. That's probably what she felt is yeah. a heat through her body because I remember when, uh, what was it? I think when my kidney stones, when I went in for surgery for my kidney stones, when they gave me the hose and then lasered me, yeah, they gave me morphine, and it felt like that. Not as not as strong, obviously, but I felt a heat going up my spine, and that's what. Yeah, that's so interesting. Kind of felt like. So I'm thinking. That's probably what she felt as she was passing, but she actually, and you know, the time doesn't exist on your side. So I think that she waited until I got there to pass. And I'm I, sure she did. I touched her hand and she passed and, you know, everybody cried and all that. And, and me, I looked down, I was holding her hand and mm-hmm. I was moving it to see what it would do. I'm like, <laughs> hey, she'd do the same thing to me. All I right? know, she would. <laughs> Got my palm itching really bad. Uh oh. The last like two hours. Get the lotto tickets. I did. I bought some last night. Um, but yeah, that to me that was a shared death experience that I had with her. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even realize it till I started researching this, and heard stories of people having similar experiences. But we did get another email from someone that was a twin, and that twin was. In a different state. They lived in two different states. And you guys heard stories like this before, but they were in two different states, and the person started getting really sick. Okay. And they... So this uh, was like a normally healthy person, yeah, and it was a girl. all of a sudden... Yeah, it was a girl, and she started getting really sick, throwing up really bad. And they don't know why she just started getting sick. And she was, like, dehydrated and... She um, was throwing up constantly, and they're like, we're taking you to the emergency room right now. And about a half hour before she went to the emergency room, she got better, just like that, real quick. She just got better, like nothing happened. So they're like, okay, let's sit here for a few minutes and see what happens. Phone rings. They get a message that her twin sister committed suicide by overdose oh my goodness yeah so the twin got the same symptoms and sicknesses as her twin as her twin was dying there's so much research about twins yeah they have like their own languages and and you know that psychic connection i guess Mm -hmm. you would i don't know what else you would call it you know just like yeah we've seen um Many stories where, like, a twin will die and the other twin will feel the pain or or somebody breaks an arm, a twin breaks an arm, and the other twin's got, like, oh, my arm hurts, you know? Yeah. Like, I think our nephews are like that, too. I don't know. They're, they're, it's like one will call my mom and then the other one will call call my mom, but they don't tell each other they're calling them call my mom but they just all of a sudden both have to call my mom at the same time one will get arrested for <laughs> arguing with the spouse and the other one gets arrested for <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> so yeah it's just it's such an interesting thing and you know we got a couple emails from our listeners and you know obviously like you said i'm paraphrasing the one because it is a very long and interesting story but 
it really makes you think about, um, like Einstein called something called spooky. Oh, what was it? Spooky movement at a distance or something. Ah, oh, I can't remember. But what it is is you've got two atoms, mm-hmm. and they'll make one atom do something, and in a lab somewhere else, they'll see that same, like, atom twin or whatever do the same thing. Spooky action at a distance, I believe it was called. And it's related to time travel, okay? They're doing research on time travel, and they're actually noticing that these pairs of atoms, when they separate these pairs of atoms miles and miles apart, they'll react to something and the other atom will react the same way almost like the the positive and negative so and we're all made up atoms right so yeah. who's to say these twins don't have this this <laughs> that same thing going on yeah. right or you know even people that are connected you know sometimes it's a lot of relatives right it might mm-hmm. not be your twin but it could be your grandmother or somebody you're very close to or you know they call some people twin flames, right? Like I mean, I believe that me and Jackie were, I say, psychic friends. Mm-hmm. We weren't twins, not the same mother, nothing. No. But, but you we could have had been that con- connection. Yeah, and you could have been connected in other lifetimes too, right? Part of the soul family, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what they say is we have soul families that people that you're in your life right now have been in your life for, you know, many, many. Joe, we've been podcasting for a thousand years. We've. See, me and Probably Jen writing on um, cave walls. Cave walls to each other. <laughs> we were, we were the first cave wall podcasters. Right, dinosaur <laughs> coming, go. <laughs> yeah, but crazy, you know. And other stories are ones where people will be sitting in their house, and it's sort of like the twin thing, where they'll be sitting in their house, and all of a sudden. They'll have an out-of-body experience, like I talked about with the the um, hospice worker. But they'll be just sitting in their house, and they'll have an out of, out-of-body experience. And they'll see, like a, um, what do you call it? A, Vision? No, a life review. Oh, okay. And they'll be like, this doesn't look right. I, I had this near-death experience. I died. I went in the tunnel. I had a life review that wasn't my own and they'll realize that their grandmother or somebody passed away so they're sharing in that near-death experience as the grandmother or grandfather actually passed away and had their life review you wonder too because you know sometimes people say oh little so-and-so he's a reincarnation of grandpa you know it's like He's just like grandpa and he does things like grandpa. And you wonder if like when they have these experiences, you know, is that just part of them like reincarnating into the next generation or a couple generations past? That's what they say. Like in India, that's a big thing Mm -hmm. where they'll actually mark the body of a dying person. And in like maybe a next generation or even the same generation, a baby will be born with a birthmark in that same spot. Oh, that's so cool. You know, that's that's a real popular thing over in India. Yeah. But a shared death experience is completely, it's just like a, a near-death experience for the person that's not dying. Oh, okay. And it's there's just so many stories and it's so cool. But I know during the research for the show, 
because after we got those emails, I was like, I need to look this up. A lot of the stuff that I found was near death experience stuff, not shared death experience. And it's, it was kind of hard to find shared death experience stories. But then I was thinking, well, I have my own. Right. <laughs> and then we have the emails that from these people, these two people. Mm-hmm. So let's make a show about it. And it's just so interesting. And I feel that, you know, with my experience, I've learned a lot about the dying process and what happens. Because after Jackie passed, like I said, I've got a lot of communication from her Mm -hmm. i know i mentioned this on a few shows ago but i was at work and i'm trying to write a book about this Mm -hmm. so if any of the listeners has a a story where they had a communication from a someone they you know that someone died like a phone call from the dead or something Mm -hmm. like that i'm not looking for psychics i don't want people to call me and say i'm a psychic i talked to you know i want some people that didn't have any psychic abilities or anything and also had a had something happen to them. Okay. So I'm going to make a book. And I was at work and I'm sitting there in my mind. I'm thinking, should I do the Jackie book or should I work on this video that I want to work on this documentary? And I'm sitting there and two machines over the guy's radio started playing. Heard it from a friend who (laughs) heard it from a friend. Keep singing, Joe. Keep singing. (laughs) No, matter of fact, hold on. I'm looking at my computer right here. And I had the here. I don't know why I have this in the computer. I know we were going to talk about it, so maybe <laughs> I put it in. But I hear this song yeah. coming from the machine, two machines over. And I'm like, okay. If that isn't a all sign, right, yeah. what is, <laughs> like, right? All right, Jackie, I'll do the book. You Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's the song that that ario speedwagon song i forget the name of it but um take it on the run yeah. baby yeah I'm like <laughs> i keep hearing this damn song come on <laughs> everybody sing along yeah sing along while you're listening to the broadcast now <laughs> that song's stuck in all your heads right. for the next dun, dun, week dun. <laughs> until you hear the next podcast <laughs> So, yeah, that's the kind of things that happened to me when after, you know, she passed is all these times. Like that song, getting up in the car in the morning, getting mm-hmm. in my car, starting the car and hearing that song play on a station I wasn't even listening to that I never listened to. And then I'd go into stores and I'd think about her and that song would come over the PA system or just stuff like that. That's so great, I think that great. is a shared death experience with after death experiences. Would a sh- well, maybe this is more of a premonition. Like if you have a dream mm-hmm. that an airplane crashes in your backyard and you run out, and then the next day you wake up and there, an airplane crashes, like would that be a premonition? That's more of a premonition. Okay, yeah, because yeah, that happened. Because <laughs> you're not sharing in that. <clears throat> you're not sharing in it as it happens, and that's where the shared yeah. death experience comes in. Is it's actually happening the same time that you're experiencing it. And it could be grandmothers dying miles away. It could be someone in the same room dying. Yeah. And you having that experience. And it it happens more than what you know. And this is just weird. And you guys, you know, we like the weird stuff. But wasn't it just so bizarre to be in that hospice when 
when we had to go. Yeah, <sighs> I still remember, you know, everybody was just hanging out, and we could hear a patient going, help me. I know, they were, help oh me. my they God. Were, hello, hello, help me. And not even 10 minutes later, they walked the gurney in. They didn't even I go in that know. Was that person alive saying that? I don't know. Maybe they were like, what am I doing? What happened to me? Yeah, it was so bizarre. I never thought that he had already passed. Yeah, that's what I thought maybe because all of a sudden we hear this person. Because generally people in hospice are like out of it. Yeah. At the very last few minutes, right? Like they're not able to speak or, oh my God, it was a ghost. Somebody out there help me. And the nurse did not go in the room. Nobody went in that room. And we were sitting there, and you could see the coroner walking in with the gurney. Well, think about this. The coroner would have to have been called. Yeah. And it usually takes them probably minimum an hour, 30 minutes to an hour to get yeah. there. So that guy probably was dead, and that's probably why they weren't going in the room. And we heard him yell. Oh, yeah. We all heard him. We all heard him. Because we were all looking at each other going, oh, should it we go get the so nurse? Bizarre. Or should we do <laughs> Yeah, it was so bizarre. I just, like... That was very overwhelming to be in there, yeah, for sure. But um, so if you guys have any thoughts on this, let us know. It's a very interesting topic. You know, jump up on our Facebook page, and like I said, I want to work on a book about my experience with Jackie. And you I, are working on it. Yeah, I have it all typed up. Working on it. I have it. My experience with her typed up, but I don't have enough for a book. So if you have a story that you want to tell and I know that a good friend of the show, I'm not going to mention her name, but she already contacted me. She's going to tell me her story when we get a chance. Um, my best friend Dana is going to talk about the story that her mother and Dana actually experienced because she can't talk about, her mother can't say because her mother passed a few years ago, but there was a situation where her mom's husband because, you know, she married after, it's not she Dana's was, dad. Right, she was divorced and remarried. He came to the family in a full-body apparitions and before they even knew that he passed. That's so crazy. she's going to tell the story in the book. I'm, we're kind of working on it. How, because it's, it's hard because I'm used to talking. I'm not used to typing something out. And you talk and type two different ways. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, it's a story that needs to be told because I think people really learn from it and they'll understand a little bit more about Mm -hmm. the process and not be scared of something like that happens to them. Yeah, and that's one thing is Dana couldn't understand why it was happening that way. Why didn't he just go to her? Why didn't he just go to her mother? And I said, if if he did that, she'd be in the the loony bin. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And, so, and we don't know the reasons or the methods of why. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I just think that he knew that if he appeared to her, she would freak out. And instead, he was appearing to the family members, and they were calling her and saying, he showed up to me last night. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sort of like easing into it. Right, yeah. Softening the blow, I yeah. guess you would say. But... Very interesting topic. I mean, there's so many cool stories out there of, of these type of things. Mm-hmm. And if you guys have experienced any, you know, of this happening, like, 
send us a note on, yeah. you know, DM us on Facebook or, um, I know some of you guys have emailed into our, through our website and I'm trying to get to those. I've been really busy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't and don't call. The phone number that's oh, yeah. on the website, we got to fix that. Yeah, we got to fix that. It's not working anymore. It doesn't work anymore. Anywhere. But you know what? Best, but it's, yeah. Facebook's the best way I to I think get we've got three, maybe four voicemails since we've had that. People yeah. don't people don't call. Plus, you can't leave a long one on there. It's so, only set up yeah. for like 20 seconds. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> So anyhow, thank you for listening this week. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Yeah. It was. I did. It's just so, so interesting. And, uh very interesting but you know like that's the whole part of mm-hmm. of the death and dying experience and then the afterlife yeah go out and ghost hunt this weekend everybody. go ghost hunting and yeah. before Spooky. you go ghost hunting go up on our website and buy some t-shirts <laughs> we got some really cool t-shirts yeah, you guys gotta represent ghost hunting with grandma and stuff like that if you or... buy those shirts take a picture and leave it on our facebook page and whoever leaves the coolest picture in the shirt you bought from us maybe we'll send you a little prize there you go <laughs> now next week let's go back in time before we let you go let's go back in time to 1947 today as we're recording this in 1947, way out in the universe, there's a UFO heading towards the Earth. And we'll talk about it next week. Oh, stay tuned. It's going to be a really cool show. <laughs> we got I'm looking forward to it. Very special um, show for you guys All coming right. up. So anyways, thank you. Thank you for listening. Let's leave with some crud. Yeah. Featuring Dana on bass. Come on now. Go out and... Get some CDs and listen to some rock and roll. Bye, everybody. Have a great week. Goodbye.